What's up, Middle Georgia Dog Pound? Welcome to another edition of the Middle Georgia Dog Pound Live. I'm your host, Brian. Matt, Kevin, what's up, fellas? What's up, Kevin. brother? How are y'all doing? Doing good. Oh, feeling good after that beat down of that duck. Absolutely. Absolutely. Took a little, went on a good duck hunt. You guys had to write, uh, the right attire for our last show and took care of business. Come home with a lo- truckload of ducks and uh, had a little feast there. So good times, good times. Hey, we're going to recount the game, show a little highlights, talk about what we learned about our team, and then we'll get into the Sanford Duck Bulldogs against the Georgia Bulldogs and Sanford Stadium. So say that three times twice and see if you don't get a tongue twister. But a uh, few housekeeping tidbits before we get going, guys. want to remind everybody, uh, we definitely want to see your comments. We want to hear from you tonight. Please go, if you haven't done so already and this is your first time, please go to StreamYard.com forward slash Facebook to give Facebook permission to show your comment. And if you're interested in being a guest on our show or you have a product or a business that you want to promote, shoot me an email at MiddleGeorgiaDogPound at gmail.com. I'd love to talk to you and love to be able to show your product, business, or whatever you got going on. I'd love to promote it on our show. Um, We're here every Wednesday night. So looking forward to uh, hearing from you guys. So guys, let's, uh, what you say, let's get into this thing. Let's, uh, Let's roll those highlights. We run a reverse on the toss to McConkey. He fakes out two men and into the end zone. Far corner. Touchdown. Touchdown. McConkey. McConkey breaking ankles on that little reverse. Big block by block by Bowers. Bowers. Knicks with time. Wants to go deep. Go deep. Near side. Near side. It's intercepted. I think. Georgia. Georgia. Picked it off. Malathark. With his first. With his first. Formation, handed to Milton. Handed to no, Bennett no. fakes, Bennett rolls, fakes out rolls out into the corner. Into the corner. Touchdown, 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 Bennett. 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 Boy, he had me fooled. And, and he's running he's for the running pylon, for, the pylon, for, pylon six for six more. Knicks with a pump fake. Throws it, throws it. Intercepted around the 22 Christopher Smith. Up the middle of the field. The slides down at the 40. Three yards. Christopher Smith. Smith. Bennett rolls Bennett to the rolls right, back in time, over on that over side, he comes back the other way, steps and trying to avoid the rush, throws it up in the air, caught, 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 it's H.L. Led McConkey in the left corner. Two receivers left, man in motion, comes this way, stretch handoff, hand to Milton, sidesteps, tackles, breaks outside, 10, 5, touchdown, give it to Milton. One little punt to the outside, and not a green jersey in sight. Snap back to Stetson, looks left, throws it for the corner, Milton, and... Touchdown! Yeah! Touchdown! One-on-one coverage right in front of the pylon. That's A.D. Mitchell. Georgia's going to be a winner today, 49-3. to And it was dominant performance by the Dogs today. Great game there at the Benz. Uh, it was loud. I mean, deafening loud. Like, my ears were ringing. Um, and then my partner next to me, he blew his voice out. So... Great game, um, great environment. Uh, I mean, it was 
I would say like 75 to 80 percent dog fans, almost a a home game there, uh, basically a home game environment for the dogs. And uh, we definitely came in with a purpose, had a great game plan and took it to the Ducks. What did you learn about the dogs this weekend, Matt? So I learned that we have talent upon talent upon talent. Uh, it's very surprising. I mean, I'll be the first one to say still, you know, you know, not like worried about the defense, but we'll still had my concern, especially at middle linebacker. And there are some opportunities there for sure um, that we could see and, and look. Uh, we look at that at um, the, the middle linebacker's position, which we will later on a little bit in the show. But um, I'm just surprised of, of the execution that came out. I mean, I was really blown away. Um, I, I knew we win the game, but did not think it would be that much of a steamroll uh, when it came to that game. So that was my big takeaway. Kevin? I learned that there was not a fear of not driving down the field. It just – you had that feeling that even when you got into third and long situations that there was going to be somebody open uh, to get that first down. And there was several times on those – you know, those opening drives um, going down the field, there's just somebody was always open and it never felt like they were going to stall out in their drive. And uh, the other thing I learned was uh, Stetson Bennett is playing like a starting quarterback now. I don't know if anybody else is paying attention to that, but that guy made one bonehead decision that entire game. And that was just when he did a little, flip pass to Bowers that almost got grabbed and taken to the other side of the field, but it was dropped. Um, but other than that, he rolled out, uh, threw the ball away when he needed to, um, made excellent, excellent decisions. And uh, and the one other thought was um, Munkin is opening up the playbook and is a totally different offensive scheme this year than what it was last year. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, uh, one thing that I learned is that, well, I guess I didn't really learn it because I was preaching it before, uh, you know, during our last show, is that we we aren't missing anything on defense, guys. I mean, if you didn't learn that in this game, uh, I don't know what it's going to take for you to realize that uh, all we did was plug and play. And, uh, and during the last show, I had a video of Glenn Schumann uh, that I wanted to show. We were just ran out of time, so. I want to take that opportunity to to let you know what Glenn Schumann thinks about our defense. Yeah, I think um, you never ask somebody to replace somebody else, right? You ask them to be the best version of themselves. So that's what camp's about, is going out there and every day uh, seeking excellence and challenging yourself to be that, be the best version of yourself. And so in that room, um, I think we're doing that every day. And, you know, I'm thankful that, you know, we're healthy and guys are pushing and, and they're pushing each other. and. I think the one thing that uh, the standard that was set from those guys and the guys before them is that, uh, you know, everybody's competing together and, you know, it's, it's about the, the team and about each other and these guys embrace that as well and so I'm excited to see where we go. You know, every day, you know, we go out to practice and, and we want to challenge guys to get used to playing with other people, right? So it might be you go out there and, hey, today, this guy's going to rotate and play with this other player at linebacker or at safety or at defensive front. I think you're preparing yourself for the whole room to be policing. You know, you have 
48 guys here when you count scholarship and walk on on defense, right? And they're all out there, and they'll all get to play with each other. They're, and, you know, to be good on defense, you have to have um, a real team bond and connection and unity. And so that can't be that I'm comfortable with one guy, right? Because then you're not ready when the next man steps up. So throughout camp, we, you know, we're trying to all grow, but we also are pairing different people with each other and making people get really comfortable being uncomfortable so that we're not reliant on just one person, we're relying on the whole unit. And I think that's how you do it. Any individuals that you would tell us about? I know it's a team and everybody's needed, but are there any certain players that you could share some info on or maybe comment on what Coach Muschamp brought to his part of the team effort? Yeah, I think, you know, I, I understand obviously the, the, the question there, right? But. We had 19 players on defense play over 200 snaps last year, right? So, you know, I do think that team talk on, on defense is extremely important. And it's extremely important on the whole team. You know, you're looking for as many people that can play winning football as possible, right? Um, you know, the individuals that, that stand out a lot of times, like they're, they're going to be guys that, that you can identify that you've already identified potentially. But, you know, the team talk is extremely important this time of year just because our only way to play to the standard on defense here is to get that and to get the team and to get everybody playing together at a high level because, you know, as the check, there's 11 guys on defense at once, right? And everybody has to fit their gap properly in the run game. You run a pressure. Everybody has to be in the right area. You, you sit there in coverage. You know, certain guys have the flats. Certain guys are responsible deep. And so at the end of the day, the only way to actually be good on defense as a, as a unit is to be a team, right? You'll see great defensive players places sometimes that maybe you're saying, hey, how did they have that guy? And they weren't overly successful on defense. And our guys, no matter who it's been since we've been here, have taken pride in that aspect. And, you know, we do as well as the staff. I don't know how else you can say it other than the way he said it just then. I mean, it doesn't matter who they put out there. They're going to play to the Georgia standard. I mean, that's just what's going to happen. And you saw that from first, second, third string that was in there. We didn't allow, allow a touchdown. And the old mantra last year of we don't allow we're, – we're not live, allowing you in our end zone is living on this year. <laughs> and, and, buddy – it is going to be difficult for teams to get to put that football in the end zone. And that is for dang sure. So Brian, let me ask you a question. Yeah, man. When you guys were at the game, uh, uh, last Saturday, uh, when it came to that, um, fourth down and goal situation, how exciting was it to watch that? I mean, uh, so from what I was taking from me and my home at, at the house watching it, I was just about excited as that as I was some of those touchdowns. And it's the back end of the thing. We had the game won. It wouldn't matter if they were scored or not. But that was still so exciting to watch that happen. How did it feel for you guys there live? It, it just it was awesome. And it just reassured to me that uh, that it doesn't matter what play of the game. Uh, Kirby's expectations are so high. Um, you better perform at every single play. And you better be ready to roll when you, your number's called. And uh, these guys were ready. Um, there, there was no doubt they were ready this this Saturday. Uh, but another guy that was ready was Big O, and I wanted to I wanted to show this this highlight play because man, it, what does it take like three or four guys to tackle him? Yeah, it was it was three at the end. Yeah, the first guy didn't get him here. Nope. 
and any hurdles. I mean, you're talking a six, seven, six, eight guy, what, 260 pounds that just hurdled somebody. That's nuts, dude. Absolutely nuts. Um, the great unbelievable. part of the whole thing was that this best play was supposed to go to McConkie, but he wasn't 100% open. So you see, and then so he, he ends up going to, to mm-hmm. a Washington, and that's what happens when you get the ball to your playmakers right there. Mm-hmm. And one of the things like, so I, I was impressed, I guess add on to the press with as well, is we didn't see a lot last year. Because last year our defense was so stellar. They put us in a bunch of great positions where we didn't have to go very far distances when it came time for. We were going, you know, 40, 50 yards usually on these on our, on our plays. Look at the look at the 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 play by the play by play and the, the box score from this game. We were these were 70. 80. This one you just showed a little bit ago from, with, with Washington. That's a 90 yard drive. These were long, planned out, well executed drives that they did on this defense. That was really impressive, mostly impressive to me. It wasn't like we were getting great turnovers and then we were only having to go, you know, uh, you know, you know, 15, 20 yards like we did last year. These guys, where they were, they could score no matter what part of the field they were on. That was impressive. Absolutely, absolutely. Hunter Ivy says a six seven two seventy tight end should not be able to do that. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah, I, when it, when he left him, I couldn't figure out if everybody was saying ooh or oh. Yeah, I know, man. Isn't that the truth? Isn't that the truth? Well, what about the? Uh, I want to show one other video here if I can find if I can get it up on the screen here. Uh, this one right here. I want you guys to watch this. If it's going to play for me, it's not acting like it wants to play. But A.D. Mitchell just barrel rolls. Yeah, it didn't. I don't like it played. <laughs> but we'll try it again. But he barrel rolls this DB man over and over. It was unbelievable. Here he goes, boom, yeah. and then boom, and then you got. Brock Bowers just trucking the other DB out of bounds there. I mean, I, I I saw that and I was I was about to lose my mind. Oh man, it was a great game. It, it was almost like the offense was completely flawless. And I hate to say that because I think there was bust here and there that I saw, but. I mean, I've never seen guys running that open. I mean, it, I'm wondering how much of it is our talent and how much of it is just that Oregon is not as good as what everybody thinks they are. What do you think, Matt? Probably, probably a little bit of both. I think there's a little bit – I mean, they look confused at times. Like I was telling you guys before the, before the show started, I've never seen a Georgia offense like this before where we've had guys so wide open. We always talk about all the time, you know, we watch all these other quarterbacks, other schools all these years and like – yeah, they're throwing up 300 yards a game. These guys are wide open. They, any quarterback can hit a wide open receiver. Well, our guys were wide open. I mean, it wasn't like one guy was wide open. We had two guys, or sometimes three guys, who were wide open. So Stetson had had options all over the field. If you look at some of those big plays, you know, you'll see on one side of the field the, where the play's happening. Other side of the field, there's a, there's a player out there by his lonesome cutting grass because he has time. And so <laughs> – I mean, it's just it's phenomenal how how well does that the design and schemed that Munkin has set up for this game. He was prepared for this game. Um, Absolutely, so it was really it was really I mean fun to it was just fun to watch. But and I, I didn't don't get me wrong, I didn't feel bad for Dan Landing. You chose to leave. You you know I appreciate all you did for us, but you know you're 
you're wearing green now, brother. That's what you get. Well, I mean, yeah. he he knew it. He knew what he was getting into. Uh, there's no no doubt. He knew he knew he he was going to be facing, and he knew the challenge that was a that was a, ahead of him. So I, you're like you said. I don't feel bad about it. That's for sure. Well, I was trying to show this video here of uh, of Stetson scramble here, but it, it, for some reason, oh, there here we go. So I I lost my mind right here. I'm just going to be telling yeah, you, gonna tell you, I lost <laughs> my mind. Number one, there were some good things and some bad things. So the camera doesn't show it when this play starts, but Stetson missed this read. There was nobody covering Lad McConkey. You guys didn't see it on TV. He was wide open. Nobody wide covered open. him. Yep. And so Stetson missed it. He should have got it right off the bat, but he didn't. So he rolls to the right. There's nothing there. But when he comes back, he fights through. The old Stetson would have forced something. And so this is what experience does for you. He's not forcing anything. He's going to take what, it, what he can get. If he can't get anything, he's just going to throw it away. So he's about to turn and throw it away. And then he sees Lad McConkey when he turns around right here. And then, and then of course, hits him in the end zone. And the video is not going to work. So I'm just going to give up on that. But um, – but yeah, that was that was uh, an impressive play. And then our, the uh, the officiating crew was absolutely horrible. Oh, um, they were com they were com completely horrible. And this is one of the the plays that'll show you how bad they were. Um, right here, you got Jalen Carter. Uh, he fights through the line and gets held by this guard. And of course, um, they didn't call it. Um, it is just not going to play, y'all. That is what it is. But anyway, he fights through the line here, and it it, it he did not uh, did not get the call, which was extremely frustrating. We saw those all night long like that. Three times that exact play happened three times throughout mm -hmm. the night. Yeah. Yeah, it's horrible. I've never seen an officiating call a uh, a personal foul penalty on a beautiful tackle. tackle. <laughs> I mean, yep. he, the guy was fighting forward. Had him wrapped up, rolled to the right to bring him back down, back down field, and dropped him on his right shoulder. Didn't drive him to the ground, let him go as he's going down. <laughs> I was baffled by that call, but that's the only reason they got three points. Otherwise, it would have been a shutout game. Well, you know, it is. I mean, it's it's the Pac-10-12. They're used to flag football. This was yeah. offensive. Yeah. And this is the West Coast, and they're they're offended by anything that's not two-hand touch. And so, I mean, <laughs> they, um, there were so many of those. I was going – I was. you guys probably heard me screaming for Macon, and I was just – when I was watching some of those holdings, I'm like, oh, my gosh. And I was going insane because, I mean, you we walked, we walked back through it. Neither team had a sack. Yeah. Let's just call it what it is. Neither team had a sack. Um, mm -hmm. There were times, though, we, we were close. And that's some of the, the, the linebacker stuff I was want, want to talk about is, I mean, Munden played great to me. The, the joker was in the backfield. Most of the night, even the, the freshman Williams was in the backfield a lot of the times. Um, but they did their small little, their small little short passes, you know, off and on. So they quick passes. It's hard to get sacks when they're not holding the ball very long. Yep. Um, yep. But 
there were times that Munden had chances to to make a tackle in the backfield on, on running backs or on the on the quarterback make the sack, and he missed both times. Mm-hmm. I was flying over the field, making some great tackles. He was, and I was super impressed to see his speed from sideline to sideline. But when he gets in that backfield, it's one on one. He's got to make contact. Even he doesn't even make the. If he doesn't even make the tackle, he's got to make some contact for those guys to come back up and help be supportive. Because we should have had at least two sacks in that game. We didn't have any, so that was, which is was surprising. I think that's some things that you were talking about before. That's going to be kind of uh, dialed in and cleaned up as we move along in the along in the season. You get to, you know week five, week six. That experience is going to start kicking in, and that thing that stuff's going to come second nature to these players. So Hunter Ivy says a horrible officiating crew. Imagine that Tyler Simmons was still not offsides. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he says I bet Dan didn't sleep much Friday night, and I agree with that. Dad says a horse collar that wasn't a horse collar. Yeah, I agree with that too. Yep. Yeah. Well, I had that. I got that video pulled up. I wanted to show you uh, Jalen Carter here. Terrible. Yeah. <laughs> He's still, hey, let's hold him. Still can't just, stop him. Just ride him on on his back like a pony. That's it. That's it. That's it. Well, uh, looking forward to uh, to uh, getting into uh, Sanford Stadium. I'm not going to be able to make the game this weekend, but uh, definitely looking forward to seeing uh, our dogs in action between the hedges. Uh, would have loved to seen that national championship flag get raised and. Uh, before the game but uh you know what we're gonna be there in a couple weeks and we'll uh we'll get to see it again but uh how about you say let's get into this uh get into the sanford samford bulldogs <laughs> against the bulldogs in sanford stadium easy what for do you, you think? say let's do it forward to getting back home. Our players love it, embrace it. And the traditions of being between the hedges, battle him, dog walk. I mean, it's just uh, a lot of cool things that our guys get to get back to. We ready to play, you know, defending our home, you know. The fans are all in, they're loud, they bring the juice every game. The first game we just played felt like a home game, but it just hit different when we were playing in Athens. Yeah, it's gonna be gonna be a good game, man. I, I hope the weather holds off and uh, we don't have a sloppy mess. But uh, yeah, it's gonna be fun to see the dogs uh, in action there. But playing Samford, they're from uh, South Carolina, right? Alabama. Where that is that where they're at, Alabama? Why did I think Alabama. they were in okay? Head coach. You were talking to me a little bit about the head coach there. Tell me a little bit about Chris Hatcher there, Mr. Matt. Well, Chris Hatcher is from Macon, GA. Um, he grew up here, played here. Um, also coached 
the national championship team for Vadasta State. I think it was 2004 when they won the Division II national championship. Um, so he's, you know, his he's got family here, still, still lives here in town. Um, I think his son's still coach. I think it's, it's his son coach at Ace. Is that correct? Um, is that right? And so mm-hmm. um, you know, he's product of the middle of Georgia. So, I mean, I think, I think I've, I've heard he's a, he's a really, um, really good man. Um, and he, like, he's been around. He's been at um, Georgia Southern. He was at Furman. Um, now he's here at, uh, at Sanford. So, I mean, got a good discipline to his players, but they're not going to have the talent. So it's, it's going to be a slaughter fest. They got a good, good mascot. <laughs> That's true. They're, so you, do you know the name of their mascot? Do not. Sam. Sam oh. the Bulldog. Oh, that was super original. It is absolutely. <laughs> that that took all of five minutes to come up with. I bet. So this is this is if you go to a, a home game, um, at Samford, their student section, they all dress in red and they call it the Red Sea. Hmm. So uh, that's their student section, which is pretty cool. There's Moses parting the Red Sea. Pretty pretty neat original idea. Is a re- do it now. Is there a reason for that? Their school colors are, are blue and white. They are, so. Well, they do wear they do wear red, um, but uh, it's a it's a Christian college, so I can do. If that. you didn't know that, did not. Yep. So you uh, sent me some offensive players you wanted to talk about. So take it, take it, man, go. So there's not a whole a whole lot that we're going to see. Their game they played last week wasn't stellar. They they played Kennesaw State. Um, they beat them by, I think, four, uh, 17 points. It wasn't, you know, a you know great showing. So I got these three players here that are going to be their, their, their key opportunity players. Uh, they pretty much lost a lot of their team from last year. Um, and so they do have this new quarterback here. His name is uh, Michael Harris. He's uh, actually a transfer in. Um, he didn't have a bad game last week. Uh, no, inter- no interceptions, no turnovers. But I think he threw for about 220-something yards. Uh, but, you know, an average – Average team, average player. They have um, uh, they have a, a runner back as well. His name is Jay. Uh, that's um, uh, Stanton. Stanton. Stanton sorry, Stanton. no problem. Oh, Stanton. Um, he's uh actually he's been there. He's been there for a while. Um, he's uh he's not their leading returner from last year, but he's the third guy on the on the on the on the ducket from last year. So he's got some experience. Um, he's got the the most playing ability they have. He's also a receiver out of the backfield. So. He'll be someone to watch as well. And then their receiver they have is Kendall Watson. Um, this guy had, I think, he was like the fifth guy down the list from last year who had with, with, with yardage count. So their top four receivers all left, and he's the last one remaining. And so they're gonna be, this is going to be their leading receiver um, for, for them as well. And that's pretty much it. They're very, very plain offense, nothing super to be worried about. I mean – I don't think the defense is going to have anything to worry about. We, I mean, I honestly, honestly believe we should see another another uh, goose egg on the scoreboard. Yeah, I totally agree with that. If we don't, something's something's wrong for sure. Kevin, you had a few uh, defensive players that you wanted to highlight. Yeah, and it's this is kind of like with Matt. This was a a uh, hard. Uh, battle to, to find standout players on this team. There's just not any uh, video out there of this team. So I had to go back and watch the game from last week and just kind of skip through it and watch the defensive side of the ball. 
this is this guy right here, this Noah Martin, this linebacker, this is the guy that you're going to see a lot of in this game. Um, this kid is actually really, really fast. He knows his assignment. He watches where the ball is going, and he is there where the ball is probably – if he's on the field, he's going to be there around the ball. Uh, he's he's pretty impressive. I watched almost the whole game, and this guy was near about in every defensive play if he was on the field, if he wasn't rotated out. Um, he's a pretty stout guy for linebacker, 6'1", 224. Um, it, the word is that he was kind of overlooked in his uh, drafting or, or recruiting stock there. He was – should have been uh, gone to a bigger school than uh, Sanford. Um, and that should show it, – it did in the game against um, Kennesaw State. Uh, pretty impressive guy. Um, you go on down the list, and it, it becomes a little harder to find people like that. Um, I got this de defensive end, uh, Nick Jackson. Um, he was accredited with five tackles during that game. Um, he's played uh, 22 games. He's, he's an exper experienced player. Um, he's got 22, uh, excuse me, he's got 16 so, solo tackles and 15 assists over his career. And this is, uh, this is a defense. They kind of um, run a different scheme. I don't know if anybody's heard of it. I was talking to you guys. Uh, they run a 3-3 defense. It's uh, kind of wild how it's set up. Um, so you can have, uh, you know, your, your two de defensive ends and their defensive tackle in the center. Um, or you can have your you have two tackles and a nose guard, and then you have linebackers three behind them, um, and then uh, you know you kind of set it up as you run man or zone in the in the backfield. Um, but this is one of those guys is also he's a quick guy. I know he's a defensive end listed at two fifty five, but what I saw they use their defensive ends more like linebackers. Uh, they they scramble, they get off the ball. Um, this is another one, Kobe Stewart. They they just they come off the line hot. Um, so if you're not prepared for it, they can get around you fast. That's that's kind of their their mo. Um, and I'm sure Kirby's been watching film on watch this last game. Um, if the if our offensive line performs the way they did against Oregon, it's not going to be an issue. Uh, but that's my only concern is their speed. Um, and then you got uh, a uh, cornerback uh Cortland Marsh um he's a junior but this kid is is fast and he made a lot of good defensive plays in the Kennesaw State game uh he come over the top of of uh, one of the receivers in the middle of the field and knocked the ball away and uh that was going to be a first down play that was one of the plays that stood out for me so this is going to be a corner to, to watch and uh but I'm like I said, these are not your your five stars that are out there. And I'm sure that there are going to be many, many gaps that are, are going to be taken advantage of. Um, and I also have one other defensive back. Uh, it's Isaiah Richardson. I didn't give you this one, Brian, but uh, watch out for him. He's 6'1", 204, uh, and he's a senior. And he's a actual transfer from Rice. So he played four seasons with Rice. So just – that's a uh, number twenty-one, Isaiah Richardson. Watch out for him as well. Good deal, good deal. Yeah, we definitely uh, had had a bunch of uh, guys that we covered last week. Uh, their names are called on a consistent basis, and uh, 
those linebackers uh, for Oregon, Kirby obviously realized that they were they were uh, covering their area, so the ball did not go in their direction <laughs> ever. So, um, so one yeah. one other thing that I forgot to mention about this defense, Brian, they got a this is the first year for this new defensive coordinator, Chris Boone. And one thing during that game when I was watching, um, the announcer said that when he came in, he told these guys on defense, he says, we're going to scratch everything you know about tackling, and we're going to go back to the basics, and you're going to learn how to tackle properly. And they did. They brought they brought the wood when they tackled these guys for Kennesaw State. So they can tackle. That's one thing that did uh, – the other thing that did stand out with me is their ability to wrap up and get the guy down when they get a hold of him. That's odd. Uh, that uh, I think one thing that I've heard a lot of teams doing, and I think you and I talked about this, is that they don't do any live tackling. Even Arkansas, Sam Pittman talked about that during his press conference. That they're they're all these teams are getting away from live tackling during scrimmaging, live tackling during practices, because it's leading to to more and more injuries. Uh, you're going to see that stuff show up in the games. I mean, it's it's evident. Uh, yeah. I mean, look at Oregon. I don't know what what Dan Lanning did with those guys, but they couldn't tackle. A, they couldn't tackle your grandma, no, and so uh, they were struggling. I mean, it was missed tackle after missed tackle after missed tackle. So, um, I, whatever Kirby's doing, I'm perfectly fine with. We'll just keep keep it at that. Yeah, yeah. You you definitely got to go in and uh, be able to execute. And if you're not doing that in practice, you. you you're, you know, you're shooting yourself in the foot. Yep, absolutely. Well, ain't a whole lot to cover on uh, on the Samford uh, Bulldogs, but um, I wanted to go back because I, I think we skipped uh, Malachi Starks. We didn't yeah. talk about him, man. What one of those players that surprised us? One thing we learned is that uh, we've got some talented, talented players that are coming in, true freshmen. Um, had no idea that this guy was as good as he is, but he had eight tackles by himself. Eight. Yeah, that's impressive. I I thought so. Not but, sure you want your safety having eight tackles though, but well, he didn't play safety the entire time. No. He played some corner and he played. Star, he played some star. Mm-hmm. And he he stayed in and he stayed in to the end of the game, getting the little extra time. Mm-hmm. So a lot of those a lot of those fourth quarter that that last little run they made to the, the to the almost scoring he was the one pushing people out of bounds and stuff so that counts as a tackle yeah. absolutely but the the way he turned on that that interception that he had man I now mean, he's following it following it following it one way and then spun back the other way to readjust and make that leaping catch and the leap to get up there and bent over backwards so it didn't get over his head it was that that's impressive just his his ability to follow uh, you know, keep his eyes on the ball and and keep up with um, the receiver going downfield. That that was impressive to me. That's veteran, man. That's like that's veteran yeah. stuff, not yeah. out of high school. Yeah, this absolutely. Is, yeah, yeah. That was uh, me and Brian were not sure who that was when uh, the interception happened, and then you sent us the text message and telling us who it was. We were like, oh, <laughs> this guy's. 18 years old and making yep. plays like he's been there for three or four years. That was yep. wild. 
Hunter Ivey says, Starks is a baller. If you haven't watched his game film, it's a treat for anyone who loves football. Definitely uh, should pull that up and take a look at it. Yeah. And Dad said he almost had two interceptions. Yep, sure did. Well, I had uh, one more video I just realized I skipped over, and then we're going to jump into this week's predictions. Uh, this is our uh, defensive game trailer here, so take a look. Here at University of Georgia, we pride ourselves on having a great defense. It's always been like a high level which Georgia defense play. People came to see Georgia defense. In the pocket, intercepted, jumping the route. It's Christopher Smith. And Owen Clobber paid him up with Jalen Carter. Up he sacked, and the ball is out. The expectation was set uh, last year, and that bar was really high. And, you know, looking out there this spring, recognize you know the unit we had was really special and they left a mark like they left the standard really across the board near sideline everybody turns around and looks at it and it is intercepted i think yeah georgia picked it off malachi starts with a pump fake throws it's intercepted intercepted around the 22 by christopher smith up the middle of the field just because we had a lot of guys leave last year it's a standard of georgia defense and we play at a high level Yeah, I, I didn't want to leave that out. That was too good. <laughs> yeah, no. No. And how, how about that? Uh, I saw it there. How about that hit by Christopher Smith, man? That joker brought the hammer. That was a first down play, and he knocked that ball out with that tackle, yep. man. I mean, just hammer. He had a game. Absolutely. Yeah, he had a, good, he had a great game. He reminded me of Lewis Seen the entire time. I was like, man, I thought, I thought I got, went off to the NFL. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I told y'all Let's to watch get for Christopher Smith. He was going to step up and be the uh, leader of that backfield. Yep, absolutely. And uh, he is. He is. All right, week two matchups. So these are these are the games that we want to highlight. It's uh, Tennessee at Pitt. Give us your predictions, guys. Uh, send them in on the comments. We'd love to hear what you what you have to say. Uh, what you think about the. Uh, the week two games that are coming up, uh, Pittsburgh, Tennessee at Pittsburgh. Matt, what you think? I think Tennessee is going to win the game. I think it's I think it's payback for them. I think the last year's game was even with the uh, lesser stellar offensive scheme, they were still able to compete with Pittsburgh. I don't think Pittsburgh's going to have enough um, to overtake it. I think it'll be a high scoring game, but I don't think uh, I don't think it'll be. I think that Tennessee went about two touchdowns at the end of it. So you think they cover right now? The line is six and a half points in Tennessee's oh, favor. Oh, for sure. I think it'll be. I think it'll be ten to fourteen points at the end of the game. Cool, Kevin. Yeah, I got this as a uh, high shootout game. Uh, it's going to be uh, a battle of offense because I don't think any of these really have that true defense yet. And I think it's going to be a high scoring game. I think it's also going to be – I got it as a 10-point in Tennessee's favor, 48-38 Tennessee. Wow. Wow. I like it. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think Tennessee is going to be able to pull this one off easily. Uh, a lot of points going to be scored by both teams. Uh, both teams have electric quarterbacks, and uh, and they're going to make the game fun to watch. Definitely one to, to try to catch if you can. But I'm, I'm definitely taking, uh, taking Tennessee with this one. Then we got, uh, let's see, hold on, I got a comment. Dad says, go, Pitt. 
<laughs> so you think Pitts that Daddy thinks Pittsburgh is gonna knock gonna knock off Tennessee. I don't know about all that. Hunter Ivy says, based on the way Pitt defense and Tennessee defense being subpar high school shootout. Yep, Tennessee wins fifty two to forty five. It'll be a high scoring game, that's for yeah. sure. That is for sure. Hunter Ivy may be closer than what me and Matt are with the score. I think so too. Yeah, I think so too. Hey, he he almost nailed the 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 Georgia Oregon game. Mm-hmm. He was he was right on it. Um let's see. He put it in here. My prediction 48 to 13. He wasn't far off. I agree with you. Right on. So Kentucky versus Florida. Now here's one thing we learned about Florida is that uh they still are not as good as what everybody thinks they are. Um, I, I found out that uh, Anthony Richardson can scramble and uh, make some plays with his legs, um, but I, I, I'm still not sold on Florida being back. Uh, if you guys remember, this is basically the same team that they had last year, and they quit after they got beat by Georgia. They gave up, and so – we haven't seen this team under adversity this year, uh, so let's see what happens when they lose a game. I don't think this this week's going to be the game. I think that Kentucky is missing too many key players to be able to go in the swamp and win this one. Uh, so for that, I'm going to predict that the Gators are going to win it. I'm not pulling for the Gators to win it because I'd rather, you know what, instead of <laughs> pull for the Gators. So I just think Florida's going to be able to pull it off. What do you think, Kevin? Um, well, I'm, uh, I still think that with the years that, um, the coaches had there at, at Kentucky, that I think that he can come up with a game plan to go in there and compete and make it competitive, even with, uh, the losses at those positions. Um, I think it's going to be a cl- close game and it's going to be a tough game. Um, the thing that, Florida had going for them is they were playing Utah, and them guys had never ever played in heat and uh, humidity like they had to play in Florida. And uh, I may have just stole some of Matt's thunder here, but uh, the uh, I, I still think that these guys are going to come in and be competitive, meaning Kentucky, and I think it's going to be a close game, a shootout. Uh, it's going to come down to the wire. I got it 36-34, Kentucky. What you think, Matt? Uh, I, I agree with a lot of what Kevin said. I mean, those the Utah came in, which was another Pac-12 sissy team, comes in, couldn't handle the humidity. Those guys were throwing up all over the sidelines. It was it was funny to watch, actually. Um, but – I think they just they couldn't handle that. They they weren't conditioned for it. Um, doesn't say that our, uh, uh, that team's not good. Um, like Brian said though, uh, I think um, Kentucky's missing some key factors. They're going to miss some four starters off this team due to injuries and suspensions. Uh, two on defense and two on offense, and it's going to be hard for them to go in the swamp and and beat them. So, and not to mention, um, team historically has been close every year. I don't care if Florida had ten. Tebow and Kentucky was terrible. For some reason, Kentucky plays Florida close every year. And so this could be, I think, like Kevin said, a very close game. I'm not sure it gets up to the 30s. I think we'll be seeing another game kind of like we saw with the Utah. And so it, 
I don't think both teams will get in the 30s. I think it'll be close to in the high 20s, maybe low 30s for one team who wins. And I don't know. I don't. I'm like you. I, I can't. I can't say Florida's going to win out loud, but that probably will end up being the case. And everyone will think that Florida's the next best thing in college football because they won two games. Oh yeah, absolutely. Get ready. You're going to hear the talk. Um. Hunter Ivy says Florida will have a big head after beating Utah. It's a trap game for Florida, twenty-four to seventeen. Hope you're right. Yeah, Dad said this is a toss-up game. I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to go in the swamp. Hard to go in the swamp and win. This is the game I want to see right here. I am looking forward to Sam Pittman taking on the Gamecocks. In Arkansas, it's going to be a great, great matchup. Uh, want to see what uh, Arkansas's defense has for old uh, Spencer Rattler. What you think, Matt? So we got bacon versus chicken. <laughs> I think the hogs are going to steamroll these 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 chicken nuggets. I mean, I think it's going to be bad. Um, I. I just watching, like I told you guys, watching the game last week, you know, when they played Georgia's, Georgia State, if it wasn't for two punt returns for touchdowns, they they probably wouldn't have won that game. Let me rephrase that. South Carolina took two punt returns for 14 points, and they, they only beat them by 17 points. That was a closer game than that score shows you. South Carolina is not going to be a contender this year. Arkansas is going to go. Arkansas is going to win this game. I don't think it's even going to be close. I think their their game against Cincinnati was too close for them that they weren't expecting, and they're going to want to come out and win that first SEC game. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Kevin. What do you think, buddy? I I totally agree with Matt. Uh, it's it's. I don't even think it's going to be a game. I think that it's going to come out and uh, they're going to have a defensive scheme ready for Spencer Rattler because if you remember from Oklahoma, if you get him run, running and scrambling, that's not his strong suit. Even even though the national media wants to make it out to be his strong suit, it is not because if you can get him scrambling, he's going to do something stupid. He's going to make a bonehead play. He's going to keep the ball, get hammered, and then fumble it, and they're going to run it back for you know a touchdown. I expect to see – you know two to three turnovers, and one to two of those be defensive touchdowns because of it. Um, so, you know, I've got uh, – go back to my score sheet here. I've got uh, Arkansas winning uh, 36 to 24 in this game. Ooh, I like it. I like it. Yeah, Matt it touched on it a little bit with uh, Georgia State. Georgia State – was losing by five points. It was 12 to seven at the halftime. And had it not been for those two returns, like you said, Matt, that uh, South uh, Georgia State would have made it a whole lot closer game. So um, I take the Hogs easily on this one. I think they win it by uh, two and a half touchdowns. Um, and they take care of the Gamecocks there. In Arkansas, Hunter Ivy has a prediction. Uh, let's see. He says everybody loves bacon. <laughs> Hawks will roll forty-one to seventeen. 
Yep. And he says, not to mention Rattler has no offensive line to protect him. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. All right. Last but not least, well, next to last but not least, is the uh, Texas versus Alabama. This game is in Austin. Um, I was telling Matt and Kevin earlier that uh, Texas, the, the way the Big Ten works is they did not have an agreement to allow teams to bring their band in and allow them to have seats uh, in the lower bowl area. So they provided enough seats for Alabama to have their uh, band in the upper deck. Of course, that will not work for a marching band to show up to a game and be able to perform. So for the first time that I, that I can remember, uh, the million-dollar band for Alabama is not traveling with Alabama to the game. I don't know if that's a sign. I don't know how to take that. Uh, but uh, they will not be there. So what's your predictions on this uh, game, Kevin? Well, this was uh, – I, I think everybody kind of has a, a feeling of how this one's going to go, um, that Alabama is going to win at the end. But Texas has an opportunity here to – make a statement of where this program is and how you know well they have turned this program around and uh all off season you know you read that this is that they're on their way to turn this program back to something that's more uh, of a national contender uh at least uh, and a, a contender in their conference and um especially after the news of them moving, you know, wanting to move to the SEC and they're moving to the SEC. Um, they're trying to become more relevant. So it's a matter of what you see out of this team, what you get. If, if they come and they have uh, changed their defense, because that's going to be the telltale, is, is they've got to have a better defense than what they had last year. Otherwise, it's going to be a blowout game. Alabama's going to run away with it. And and it's not even going to be a competition. Um, I'm really wondering if we're going to see another game like uh, Georgia and Oregon. Um, uh, time will tell. Um, but it's really going to interest me uh, how well Alabama's defense performs against their offense. That's really what I want to see. Do I expect Texas to win this game? No, I do not. But what I do want to see is how well they perform against Alabama's defense. And if they can if they can put some points on the board, that tells us something for future uh, where Alabama's defense is now. Um, I think this is not going to be a close game. I think Alabama's going to run away with it. It's going to be somewhere around 42 to 28, I think is where it's going to be. Good deal, good deal. Matt, what do you think, buddy? I'm really surprised that uh, Nick Saban is actually playing this home game in, in Austin. Uh, Nick Saban historically has not gone to home-and-home home games for people outside the conference. Uh, he does not mind doing uh, neutral site games, but does not do these home-and-home home games, so, or this home game for this team. So I'm really surprised he's doing this. With that being said, I think he his reason why he doesn't do it, I think sometimes he's scared of, of the opponents, you know, external opponents they're not used to 
uh, you know, encouraging those teams to be higher than better than what they are. I think it's going to happen here. No, there will be blood. There's going to be a lot of blood in the field. It's mostly going to come from Texas because they're just not that good. Um, and so I really think this may be a close first quarter. And then after that, um, Alabama's just going to take take it over. And they're just going to end up scoring 42-some points. I maybe think Texas may get – they may get 10, maybe 17 max, in my opinion. Um, I think Alabama has a pretty good defense, much better than last year, a lot more experience. Um, and so I think they'll, they'll handle them pretty well. Maybe a good first quarter will be close, but – who knows? Maybe it'll surprise us, and it'll be another one of those Texas A&M moments where Alabama just wets the bed, and we all get to laugh and snicker and have a good time at it. Well, let me ask you this: uh, Do you, do you think that this performance has any bearing on this, on Sark's job security there, or you think it's too early? I think it's too early. What's this like? His third year? Is that right? Third, second, third year? I can't I remember. It's going to matter with his his job because um, ultimately by getting by getting Manning he secured his job at least for this this year. By gotcha. Honest. I agree. Yeah, but I think Manning, you're right. Watching this game and seeing how bad his offensive line is and seeing how next year he will be literally mangled and beaten down and that he needs to go to somewhere where like maybe a team who didn't have a sack last last game, UGA, and it will help you out and stay upright. Dang, you couldn't have said anything better about that. I've never seen our offensive line perform. I know I'm getting off subject, but I, I've never seen our offensive line perform like that, man. I mean, they just—it was unbelievable. It, it wasn't so, just—it wasn't just five guys. He traded in the guards. He traded in out the guards the entire game, even in the yeah early part. So I mean, it was there was a plan, and that plan worked. Yep. He took Xavier Gross got in. Twenty-one, by the way. Okay. So he's only been there one year. This is his second year. Second year, I wasn't yeah, sure. So, he, so he's not going anywhere. He's not going anywhere. But I can guarantee you one thing: Texas fans are not going to be happy if they don't if they don't have some sort of showing. I mean, they'll they'll take the moral victory if they perform well and still lose. But to get blown out, they're not going to take it very well. Yeah, not at all. So Dad says Bama's going to win it as bad as I hate it. Texas is not there yet. I agree. And Hunter Ivy says, my gut says Alabama big. Alabama has the Heisman winner. They will have Will Anderson, but the only time I ever like to hear the tide roll is when I'm at the beach. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's going 38-35 Texas. Wow. That's, cool. that's, that's bold. I like it. I like it. All right. Let's go. I am not sharing the screen, so I need to get that back up. There! I found a logo that has the Samford Bulldog with our Georgia logo. How about that? I know y'all are proud of me. Yep, you did good. What's, what's your prediction, Matt? Um, I mean, it's going to be uh, over with by mid-second quarter, if I'm being honest. Um. I think we're going to see a lot of like we almost like what we saw against uh, UAB last year, um, and I think it's going to be. I mean, I think I think halftime it will at least be thirty-five to zero at halftime. I don't think we see Stetson Bennett in the second half. I think it's going to be Beck and Vandergriff will be each have a quarter, and we'll let them guys get some work in. Um, I do think um, that since we did do a lot of passing uh, this last game. I think Munkin puts it together and tries to work on some of the running game, the running game schemes this game, 
so we can let, let cause our next game will be South Carolina, letting them guesstimate how we're going to do the ball. We're going to do all passing or we're going to do all running and make them play, make, play the guessing game. So don't be surprised if we have 250 rushing, if not more, uh, especially as we get into trash time in the, in, in the fourth quarter. I think we'll easily make, we may even have a, a hundred yard rusher this game. So um, maybe for luck we'll have two. So depending on some big, if we have some good explosive plays, we can have two guys with 200 yards or two, two 100 yard rushers in my opinion. But I think we'll still pass the ball around, but I think he's going to look to work, work on the running game as well. But I like yeah, it. I think um, 52 to zero. Yeah, I agree. Kevin, what you think, buddy? Oh, I'm laughing because that's the exact score that I picked. <laughs> um, wow. we did it again. We did this uh, last year too, Matt. Uh, I, I totally agree with you, Matt, about the running game. I think the the weather is going to be a, a a big factor in that. I think it's going to just dictate a running game, and they're not going to run the risk of, of you know throwing the ball down the field and causing turnovers that are unnecessary. Uh, I think we just get the uh, running backs some work, especially if it's pouring down rain. Um, Brian and I went to the uh, Kentucky game that year that it was pouring down rain, and that's that's basically the gist of what they did. They just ran the ball down their throat until they wore them out and won that game. So uh, I really expect to see that if it's if it's raining, is just run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, an occasional pass maybe here and there, just a check down, little dinking and dunking. Um, I, I like I said, I picked the same scores, Matt, 15, uh, 52 to nothing. I like it. I like it. I like it. Let's see. Dad says 62 to nothing, Georgia. And Hunter Ivy says, I can guarantee you will not give up 52 like Florida did last year. <laughs> UGA wins big, 66 to nothing. I like it. I'd what love did, to see a good egg. What'd you say, Matt? I talked, I talked I, over you. I think Okaki, Okaki, uh, John Akaki had a prediction there, too. I didn't see it. <laughs> he says Joe Biden says Delaware by 35 mud hens roll <laughs> oh man <laughs> I'm not going to go there I'm, uh-uh. talk about this is the team that I mean a lot of the players are gone this is the team that took Florida to the freaking fourth quarter last year yep. and they were about winning that game when they were getting that 50 points put on them so that's funny. Well, any final thoughts, fellas, before we uh, jump off this thing? It's right at nine o'clock. We did good. Any final thoughts? My final thought is this: kind of piggybacking off what you said earlier about the re- receivers and stuff. Brian McClendon has told these receivers and tight ends that when the ball, when you don't have the ball, you better have your hands on somebody. If y'all watch that game. We never had – that's why we had all these open lanes to run in. And when the guys got balls, they got yards after the catch because they were all blocking very, very well. He told them, if you're not blocking, you're not playing. So if you don't have the ball in your hands, put your hands on somebody. That's why you see Bowers, you know, and – and, and um, I'm sorry. Uh, hey, Mitchell. AD and all those guys rolling people out of bounds, throwing them into the into – the, into the, um, the 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 um stands because they know they want to play they want to get in the field so they got to block. Yep, absolutely. 
Well, one yeah. thing I want to ask you uh, guys, uh, were y'all surprised that Arik Gilbert did not have a role with the starters? No, yeah. not really. Okay. I, I think that Kirby's protecting him. Um, and, you know, when when you're dealing with, you know, someone with, uh, you know, the issues that he's having to deal with, you want to protect them from any stressful situations. And you don't want to put them in a position where they're going to fail. And if they fail, they snowball. So you'll see a lot more of him this week. That's for sure. Yeah. Dell played before he did. He did. Yep. But he did get a key block for one of those touchdowns. So that's a good, like back to Brian's point, that's a good encouragement for him. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there, there was only one pass attempt to Eric, and uh, of course, it was it was not even close to a good pass. So uh, he didn't have an opportunity to catch it. All right, guys, we'll uh, let's send this thing out, man. Let's do it. All right. All right, we're going to head on into uh, Sanford. Can't wait to get back there, guys. We'll be back here next Wednesday night to recap the game. I'm sure it's going to be a, a fun blowout. Hopefully, we'll have some cool highlights to show you guys. But we'll be back here Wednesday night at 8 o'clock right here on Facebook and YouTube. Make sure to go to YouTube, like our page, share our page, invite your friends to the Dog Pound. Go into the discussion, and we will see you back here Wednesday night. And I'm Brian. It's Matt, Kevin. Go Dogs. Go dogs.